first message by Mr. David Hope. And it was entitled, The Lamb of God is Not an Egg-Laying Rabbit. Yes, I always have a problem being turned on. I made a comment last time I put my foot in the mouth, so I won't say too much more. I put a, I penciled in a warning on the, below my messi- uh, title up here, warning. This message is not intended to be politically correct. This message is for those that celebrate Easter, basically. And even though I said it's not politically correct, I don't want to be mean, I don't want to be bad to people, but, you know, I'm going to speak some things that that, have been kind of on my mind. My purpose is, and I've I've seen so many commercials, and it seems like I mention that every other Passover season, about, you know, the Easter bunnies, this, that, and, you know, the eggs and everything, and the sales we get. But my purpose is not, no, my purpose is to stir you up, if you're one of these Easter keepers, to stir you up and make you so angry that you will try to prove my accusations to be totally incorrect. I'm hoping you'll do something like that other than throw something at me or persecute me or something of that nature. And that in the process that you'll stumble on the truth and be conformed and or be not conformed to this world as Romans 12 verse 1 says and if you'll turn with me to Romans 12 verse 1 and it goes like this I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present yourselves you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world by its commercials, by its traditions and everything else, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. And some of you, maybe it's not important to prove. But if you want to prove me wrong, you're going to have to look at the Bible to do it. To prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've got about six or seven little statements I'm going to make before I do anything else. And this is not going to be a real long message. It could be very easy, very easy. One, why do you call one of the most important holy days of God by a pagan name, Easter? And anyone can get on their cell phone or laptop or computer or anything else in just a matter of moments and find out the Easter, where it came from, the name that it is, the God that it represented, and all of that. And as Barnabas and I were talking earlier, uh, well, we were talking about that. He showed me a deal last night, and my wife got on her little smartphone this morning and just mattered instantly, you know. And, you know, the word Easter, technically, legally, is not even in the Bible. 
And some of you used to be, oh, yes, it is. Oh, I know it is. You are wrong. I got you now. Good. Where is it? <laughs> okay, in Acts. I'll, I'll, I'll let you look at the rest of it up yourself. I've got it in here, but Acts. But uh, that word Easter is from the same Greek word. I'm not going to get into all the technicalities, the Strong's numbers and how you do it and Pasha and all that. But it's the same Greek word listed what, 28, 29 times separately. Same identical word, but they chose in this one to, to, to put pa or Easter down instead of Passover. Do you know why, if you're a, a, an Easter keeper, do you know why rabbits and eggs are such an important part of your custom? You know, you tell me. People, more people go to the church on Easter than they do any other time of the year. So for some people, it's the only time they go. You know, they buy their new dresses or new Easter bonnets. There are even songs written about the Easter bonnet, you know, that back when Lawrence and Ken and us and Lucille were really young. And, uh, you know, the new dresses and all that. And uh, who was it, Jimmy Wakely or someone sang the song, Here Come Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. You know, you can probably go ahead and finish out the words if you're, you know, probably 60 or older. You teach your children, you teach your children the big fat lie that rabbits lay colored eggs. What do you tell your kids, you know, about the colored egg? How do they get into this? You teach your little children that rabbits hide the eggs for you to look for. I remember when I was a kid, I hunted for Easter eggs. And I know if you, let, if you find one a week or two later and it's cracked and you find one out in the weeds and you try to eat it, it makes you sick. <laughs> I remember that about Easter. When you try to teach the religious side of your custom, you teach the lie that Jesus either lied or he mis was very mistaken about three days and three nights in the grave. You say he was wrong about that. That it's really a day and a half. When you, when you do the math, that's what you come up with. And we've talked about this in the past in our congregation, so most of, most of my audience here know what I'm talking about. But those that might vicariously see it, either today or on the CD or something later, you, you're not quite as familiar. Okay. You teach the lie that Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday morning at sunrise, and that's the reason the first day of the week is now called the Lord's Day. Overriding God's command of keeping the seventh day Sabbath holy. You override that. And I've given messages along that line too. Okay, now, God said, and if we'll turn to Deuteronomy, 6th chapter, 5 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, 5. And you shall love the Lord. We're just breaking into all of this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and with all your rabbit ears. Oh, and these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. 
And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. And when you walk about the way or when you're taking your vacation or when you're going to school and back in your car, you talk about them regularly. And when you lie down and, and when you rise up, this is on our mind all the time. Not Easter bunnies, not rabbits, not Christmas trees, not some of these other things. Oh, Chris, that's another subject. We don't get into that. Strike that from, your, from the court records. Anyway, we're to teach them. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the post of your house and on your gates. So this is something that God wants his people to do, to, or at least philosophically. Deuteronomy 12, verse 30 through 32. Oh. Deuteronomy 12, verse 30 is what I've got here. I may have wrote it there. Okay. Take heed unto yourself that you be not snared by them, or snared by following them, following the customs that we see in the world. After that they, be, that they be destroyed from you, and that you inquire not after their gods. Don't look and see what the other people are doing. How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. And you can find out really easy what their gods are and what, what they're portraying. I'm not going to get into all of the fertility and the eggs and all of this stuff in this message. I don't have time. Verse 31, you shall not do so to the Lord your God. For every abomination of the Lord, or uh, for every abomination to the Lord which he hates, have they done they blatantly do it to their gods, and they call it to our God, to our creator God. They're applying it to our God's holy days. They're applying that. They've done it to their gods. For even their sons and their daughters, they have burnt into the fire into their gods. At least we're not doing that so far, you know, burning our kids. Although in some ways, metaphorically, we probably are too with, you know, some of the death matter and abortion and other things. What thing soever I command you, God says, I command you, observe to do it, you shall not add bunnies, rabbits, baskets, all this other stuff, you shall not add thereunto, nor diminish from it. You know, most of us in here know what the real symbols are, and a lot of our speakers have already mentioned them the last few weeks leading up to this holy time. And I'm sure Barnabas is going to speak about that later in his. And when I miss, he'll, he'll cover. But the real symbols are the Lamb of God, the unleavened bread and wine, you know, Christ's blood and his body, not rabbits and eggs. Go with me, if you will, to John first chapter, verse 28 and 29, and we're just breaking in again when uh, Jesus was out going to be baptized. These things were done in Beth Barber, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John sees Jesus coming unto him and says, 
Behold the Lamb of God. Didn't say the rabbit, Peter Cottontail, or Susie Bunny, or whatever. The Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. And those of us that have been around and celebrated these holidays for years understand what it meant in the Old Testament to the Israelite and, and what, how it pictured the future. And we understand, too, by all the holy days how it portrays and lays out God's plan. And it's very important that we do that. And, and, and people that are just doing Easter bunnies and rabbits and sunrise services and all that, I think you would be enhanced if you would look into it a little closer and a little deeper. And uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say I know it all. We know it all. We don't. We're, we're still learning. Now go to John, first chapter. Well, we're already in first chapter, verse 35 through 37. Again, the next day, after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked and said, said this again, Behold the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. And these two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then you can read the rest of the story. We'll try to keep this short. We'll go to uh, 1 Corinthians 5th chapter, verse 6 through 8. Your glory, breaking in again, your glory is not good, and I'll tell you this, they were keeping the holy days, New Testament church was keeping the holy days in this time period. If you really look at it, you'll, you'll understand that the New Testament church was keeping the holy days, the Passover at that time, just by the context. Your, verse 6, your glory is not good. Know you not that Little, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's the vernacular of the holy days. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, metaphorically, out of your body, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened physically. We, we got the leavening out of our houses, hopefully, yesterday. My wife, I think, found something underneath the oven this morning. That sinning wife of mine, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with her. No. I found a package of cookies in my glove box in my van, work van yesterday, and I got rid of them. I had to eat them. That's the reason I'm gaining so much weight. I had to eat all this leavening rather than throw it away. Anyway, <clears throat> a new lump as you are unleavened already, you know, we're already physically unleavened. Christ our Passover. Not Easter Bunny, not, not rabbits, is sanctified for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I had several other things, but I'm, I'm not going to go into near as much detail as I thought I would. If I was running short on time, which hardly ever happens, if I run on short on time, I was going to give you a little more statistics and, and tell you that uh, rabbits really aren't even mentioned in the Bible. Somebody says, oh, yeah, well, we know what hares are. You know, I don't have very many, but no. <laughs> you know, hares a rabbit. And it's mentioned, I think, a couple of times in the Old Testament uh, as hare. But it's zero in the New Testament or Bible as, as rabbit. Uh, hare is New Times. Uh, 
And when it is, it's, 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 include, it's in the context of being unclean. You know, unclean, the rabbit's unclean. Easter, like I said a while ago, one time in the whole Bible, and that's in Acts, uh, I've got 12, verse 4, and that's Passover, and that's, like I said, 28 other times, and I failed to write down, I guess, in my notes when I pencil stuff in, that the lamb is mentioned. That, now, if I'm, if I'm off two or three times, I mean, numbers, forgive me, but I'm thinking it's 28 or 29 times. In the book of Revelation, it alone, the lamb is mentioned. 28 or 29 times in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, and the rabbit is not even there at all. So, in conclusion, if you're going to teach your children, I want to look at the camera, you know, and, and if we had a, a projectionist back here to zoom in on and get all my freckles and my missing teeth and everything else, but if you're going to teach your children about Jesus Christ and the true God, then why not use the true symbols that the Bible uses? I think you would be much enhanced.